American football in Finland. This is American football in Finland. Today, I'm joined with my co-host, Q Floyd. What's going on, Q? What's going on? What's going on? We back. We back at it again. The AFF podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Seriously. American Football and Finland is currently available on 25 different platforms. So wherever you listen, be sure to rate us. Anything less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. Okay, so we're season five of AFF. We appreciate all the support. We're going to keep this thing going. And before we get into the show, Q, how was your weekend, man? Uh, weekend was great, man. Weekend was great. Got a little beach time. Uh, but other than that, it was cool. I was expecting to do some stuff for July. Got canceled, but apparently, as a, as a black person, I'm not supposed to be celebrating it anyway. So it worked out. But we did order some like wings and stuff from one of the fast food places. Some wings, some onion rings, fries, all the fried foods. We felt like that was as American as we could be. Is to just eat a whole bunch mm-hmm. of fried food. So we did that, and it was good. So man, that's the weekend. Let's get into the show. First things first, it's that time. We're going to say what's on our minds. Get it off your chest. I won't really say it's getting it off my chest, but uh, it's a lot of tension. Speaking of the 4th of July thing, there's a lot of tension going on around the world. And uh, some people are uniting and some people are separating. And uh, the main thing I want to say is uh, I'm not here to to persuade or, or do anything of that nature, but I just want everybody to be mindful and uh, of people's feelings, emotions, um, just kind of take the time to get to know the next person. You know what I mean? So that's 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 the thing I want to say. Just you know, try to try to get outside your normal box and try to understand some other people that are from from different places. I, I feel like this is the topic that we're going to kind of use a lot to, during this this season of episodes because yeah. I mean, this is what's going on, and we want to stay relevant mm-hmm. and. and talk about this type of stuff for me same situation is I, there's a lot of things going on and you know what's actually this is actually pissing me off so I'm gonna tell you my true feelings about it is I know a lot of Americans who live abroad and at a time like this when the country is politically racially economically like at at ends and divided amongst its own people we need to be together more than anything. And I feel like right now there's a, a lot of Americans out here bad mouthed in America because they're in a different situation than those Americans. And for me, I take that as the coward's way out, you know? Same thing is in, for me, as we've said on this show before, when it comes to like playing football, like if you can't beat a team, you just go to another team or join that team that was beating you. And that's how I feel like a lot of these Americans who are, talking about all the negative things in America, yet they're not trying to change that or even be a part of it. They feel like they're better than who they are. I don't care where you're from or what you're doing. Where you're from is always going to be where you're from. Like mm-hmm. You can't change that. You can't change your family. You can't change your nationality. You can get a passport or citizenship, whatever you want, but you are who you are. Like when it comes to me, I'm from Texas. I love Texas, but I also hate Texas. But I'd be damned if I let you say something about Texas. That's the same way that we should feel as Americans. And obviously, it's a little more general. And other people from other countries don't understand how big the United States is, how regionally it is, like, segregated, pretty much. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, when it all comes down to it, we're all Americans. And I know this is football in Finland, but there's a lot of Americans here in Finland, too, that aren't doing their part. And I'm calling you out right now that, hey, just because you're here, doesn't mean you can't support and even empathize with those that are there. And we need to come together as people, all of us, and make sure that we're supporting each other and not constantly trying to bring each other down. Because I'm just tired of all the negativity. I want guys exactly. to Yeah, I want people to be more supportive. If you look at anything that I put on, on the internet, you'll never see me saying negative or derogatory things towards anyone. And it's not because I you know, I'm not human and I don't say things that shouldn't be said, but there's no reason for me to put that in the world. And if I'm saying something like this and you feel like it's negative, then you're not taking, you're obviously not listening. What I'm doing is saying that we can do better, so we should do better. 
And mm-hmm. obviously, I'm gonna get off my soapbox because that ain't what this show is about. Okay, so I don't know why. No, I'm you're right. So long so, so, <laughs> sometimes you gotta, you know, like sometimes you, you have to express that because obviously football isn't all life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's times like this where we have to, even if it's this platform, you have to let people know sometimes that, you know, how you feel. And, and yeah. that, like you say, you're human. We all have mixed emotions on the things that we're seeing on TV. Um, people are posting a lot of stuff. Um, people are saying a lot of stuff. And um, one thing that I will say my dad told me is whatever words that you put out there, just make sure you stand on them when yep. it's time to. So, um, for, for that's why I was like, whatever, whatever feelings or opinions you have, just make sure you stand on, stand on those at all times. When you, when you're confronted about them, just make sure you stand on them. Make sure yeah, you keep the yeah. same energy that you had when you said it. Like, so, uh, but, but I agree with you, you know, it's a time for us to, uh, unite more. Um, if you don't want to, that's per- that perfectly fine. Yeah. We'll move on and, and try to get better without you. But, um, like you say, this is obviously American football in Finland. There's a lot of Americans in, in Finland, so I feel where you're coming from. Um, so let's let's just hope that 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 we can have, you know, these uncomfortable conversations that people have been avoiding um, for years, and now they're finally starting to have these conversations. And, and even in Finland, a lot of interracial um, relationships and marriages are there. So these are, these are conversations that need to be had also in Finland, too, to try to, you know, better understand each other. Let's get into it. Uh, we talked about this last week. I'm going to talk about it again this week. 2020 is going to be a very unique Maple League season. It's shorter than, than normal. And instead of predicting, like, how the teams are going to do, we're kind of just going to talk to the teams and try to get an understanding of how they're feeling going into the season. So today we're going to talk to the Helsinki Roosters, who have won the last eight consecutive Maple Bowl titles. I'm going to repeat this. They have won the last eight consecutive Maple Bowl titles. In a row. In a row. In a row. Since 2012, the only team to win the Maple Bowl is the Helsinki Roosters. So (laughs) that's who we're going to talk about. Uh, The Roosters, they're pretty much the king of the Maple League right now after winning eight championships in a row. But 2020, it's a new decade, uh, new hopes for their competitors new aspirations for the young kids on the block. There's probably some D1 teams who are like, you know, two years from now, we're going to take on the Roosters. But 2020, is this the year that the Roosters will get beaten? Or is this the year that the Roosters reach, as I'm calling it, cloud nine and get that ninth Mm. consecutive championship in a row? I'm not sure if that's the saying, guys. If Roosters, let me know what y'all got going because I haven't heard anything. I know uh, seven was seven up. And I think eight was great eight or something. I'm going with cloud nine. If y'all want to, you know, trademark that uh, roosters reach cloud nine this season, nine consecutive. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> either way, we're excited to find out. So let's talk Helsinki Roosters 2020. Before we get into it, we're going to talk to defensive coordinator, co-defensive coordinator, Kyle Carpenter, And let's get into that now. All right, we're here with Helsinki Roosters defensive coordinator, Kyle Karpinen. Kyle, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, Q is going to have the first question for you. Q, what do you want to ask this man? Hey, what's going on, coach? Hey, all good, thanks. All right, so uh, my question is, it's, it's uh, safe to say that you obviously have one of the most talented defenses in, um, in all of Europe. Uh, what kind of expectations do you have for your defense this season? Uh, same as always. We expect to be good. Uh, we are completely national this year. We don't have any imports. I know there will be some imports, some pretty good quality imports in other teams' offenses, some really good national receivers also in the league who haven't been around for a couple of years in, in, in Finland. So, so I think it's a challenge for our defense, and and but I, I still expect us to be the best defense in the league and, and a very hard defense to, to to play against. So, nothing really new in that. Well, uh, coach, my question for you was, with the season kind of being a, a shorter than normal this year, how will you plan to prepare your defense each week with so much like unknown about the offenses from week to week? 
because of all the new yeah. players, the different setups of how much film. You, you might not have enough film on guys to know tendencies and things yeah. like that. What are you planning on doing to, like, combat that challenge? Yeah, I, I don't expect it to be very different in terms of off-season and pre-season. We got a pretty good amount of work in before mid-March when we had to close down for for a couple of months. So so I think we basically could have been able to go on the field and play football in the middle of March if, okay. if, if needed. And, and yeah. then, of course, we lost some of that because we were on a break for a couple of months, not really doing things. But after that, it's kind of just been, been uh, reminding of the things we installed and, and practicing the things we did in, in, in the late winter and early spring. So... I think we're in a pretty good place in terms of off-season and pre-season preparation, despite having the long break in between. That's been pretty much compensated by the later start of the season and, and, and a good off-season we had in the winter. Uh, but then when we go to the week-by-week -week preparation in-season, uh, I think our first game is against the Steelers, who, who we've spent most of our resources scouting over the last two two years so so I think we have a pretty good picture of what they are doing of course they'll probably have some new stuff also going on but but uh, that's a team where we have a reasonably good idea of how we go against them in the first game of the season and then uh, starting from that we, we will be in a position where we have at least one game film for each opponent that we face after that so so that's not that different from a normal early season situation. We have we have we have some we have some practice time limitations because you can only have a certain amount of people on the field and usually in previous years we've always shared the field with another team but now we can't share the field which means that we have less hours in the week to practice. So I think that's the main difference that we have to be able to put our things in during game week in a little bit less time than we have had in previous years. Well, everybody heard that uh, uh, Edward Vestenen, a.k.a. Edu, uh, signed, yeah. to, uh, West, signed to uh, West Virginia. So he'll be out there in Morgantown. How does that make you feel as a coach uh, when one of your players gets to experience and uh, have the opportunity to go play ball in college? Does, does, is it the same feeling as, uh, I would say, like a father uh, sending their kid off to college? Is that, is that the same kind of feeling you have when you, when you heard the news? Probably not quite the same as, as as a father, and and since I haven't really I haven't really spent time with the Roosters Junior program, that means a lot of these kids that go to the college, I've only had them for a year or two. Before that, it's it's probably different if you're a coach who has who has coached them for five six years since they were uh, uh, twelve or thirteen or fourteen or whatever. So so it's probably not that emotional for me, but of course I'm happy for for any of our players. Getting to getting to a higher level and getting to advance their career, and uh, I think that's been that's been a constant feature of our team over the, as, as long as I've been coaching since 2007 eight that we've always had some players who who leave to go to either Europe or 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 U.S. college or or something else, and I think that's a good thing. I think that speaks good things about our program that we're able to to uh, kind of generate those kinds of players. I don't mean that they're all generated by us, of course. They're generated by themselves and their parents and the work they're done. And sometimes they spend time in other teams too. But but uh, I think it's a, it's a good position to be in, in a program. Even, even if you, know, you, you always lose your best players when, when they go somewhere. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, not, it's not the weakest players who go to U.S. colleges. But, but uh, I think it just, you, you just you just take it positively because it's a testament to to quality of our program and it, it might also be an attraction for future players to come to us because we have a pretty good track record of being kind of a step towards bigger things if that's what you want for football. That's awesome, gotcha. Coach. That's awesome. Yeah. The next thing I was going to ask you, Kale, was speaking again about this season that's coming up and the defense, you guys have been pretty consistent over the years and, and having a stout defense with a lot of great finished talent. So people don't really expect to see a lot of differences coming into the season. 
but we know that there's going to be something different about the field and the makeup of the team. Could you just kind of explain a little bit of what kind of differences you expect to see on your te- your defensive side this year? Well, pretty much we're continuing with the same system we've had for, for a few years now, but we're always doing a little bit of tweaking during the winter in incorporating some of the things you, you see in the bigger world and then dropping out some of the things that we've had in the playbook but never really used or, or that haven't been so good for us. So, so there's always a little bit of tweaking going on in the offseason, but, uh, but it's a continuation of the same system. In terms of players, I think most of our defense is, is, is kind of carried over from last year. I think main changes in the backfield of course, Montez Lattimore, who was our import corner last year, will not be back this year. But we have Villeval Terisuoyan and Asseti as, as, as a new guy in our team, who, who I think is, is very, very good. Might be the best defensive back in the country. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. But it, it does leave us in a position where if I take six of our best DBs, five of them are natural safeties, which, which kind of then we need to think about a little bit of how we do because traditionally we've played with three corners and two safeties in our base defense. So we've always had three guys who can lock up on man-to-man and, 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 and so on. And now we're probably going to have two corners and three or even four safeties on the field. And, and that changes a little bit on, on how you think about doing different things, but not significantly. Uh, in terms of linebackers, I think we have a good carryover. We have Axel Ivartiainen in the middle. Who, who has grown to be a very, very good linebacker in, in the middle. We have Santu Auravainen, who still fills his outside linebacker role quite well. And we have uh, actually quite a few young names behind them to also uh, have some depth at linebacker. D-line, I guess, is maybe, I'd say that's the biggest change because we've lost, we've lost Edu uh, and, and also Camille Gruel will not be back, who, who played with us last year. Uh, and, and those were two very, very powerful defensive linemen for us last year. We still expect to have a good defensive line, and especially compared to the offensive lines we're facing, I think that will be an advantage for us. But we don't have quite the same depth that we've had. Like last year, we were able to field two, two four-man lines that were both very, very good. So we had basically eight very good defensive linemen. Uh, now it's not quite that deep, but uh, I think it's still good enough. So, so I think we're just continuing continuing on track of, of of where we're being and just tweaking a little bit as we go, depending on who we have available. Yeah, I, I definitely. That sounds like a lot of. We're gonna keep doing what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, and and I kind of. I mean, if, if, if you looked at our defense, we have a lot of stuff in. We, we can mm-hmm. do four-man line. We can do three-man line. We can play with five DBs. We can play with six DBs. Uh, we can do single high man. We can do uh, split safety cover four. So, so we have a lot of tools in our toolbox, and then it's kind of a little bit year by year and, and even week by week, depending on if we have injuries and then who's available and who's the opponent. That's what it's, what it's emphasized in, in each situation. So one advantage of having a big toolbox that basically we're running the same package every year, but, but there's a lot of tools in it so we can lift different things out of it depending on what we, what we need and what we have the resources to do. Yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely the type of consistency that we expect from the Roosters. And of course, you, Kale, as defensive coordinator. I'll add, I'll add to you. I mean, you're calling me defensive coordinator, but I need to say that we are sharing the role this year with Samparanta. I'm not taking all the credits. <laughs> so we're, we're, basically running, we're basically running my defense, but we will share. Uh, game planning and play calling duties during the season to kind of... That's awesome because that, that definitely will ease the load on you a little bit and let him get a little bit more experience at, at a higher level because I know he he does coach for the, the national juniors team, right? Or yeah, he's been the coordinator in the junior national team. He's been a linebackers coach for us and, and he's been involved in football for a long time and coaching football in, in different roles for a long time and, and kind of how how we saw it was that the the in-season particularly has been a really heavy time load for myself historically, mm-hmm. and, and, and I needed to ease that a little bit. I'm, I'm still happy doing the playbook and a lot of the installation off-season, but then in-season, if we can share our workload a little bit, that makes things a lot easier, I guess, for everybody. 
Definitely. That's that's how you got to do it to progress so you guys don't get burnt out out there. Yep. So last question that I have for you is um, this year has been a little different, like we said, because of the COVID situation. But here in Finland, we actually had a summer so far. Like in the month of June, it was pretty warm and people were yep. you know out and about. And obviously you had your football duties to attend to. But were you able to, you know, spend a little bit of this extra time with your family this summer? Because normally during June, you know, you're in the middle of the football season. But this year, you just, you know, social distance practicing. So were you able to, you know, yeah. in time with your family and enjoy that? Well, yeah, I've spent, th- I've spent three and a half months with my family, basically. <laughs> but uh, I mean, obviously, a lot of that, that time is just juggling between between actual paid work and and uh spending time with the kids and of course also throwing in the football preparation in that mix so it it has been a time management challenge as always with a little bit of different parameters than in 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 usual years but my my four-week summer vacation is starting on the 13th of july so so uh, I, I expect to be able to relax quite a bit more there. All right, Coach. We appreciate you coming, Bob, coming on the podcast. And good luck to you and the Roosters this year. Good luck, Thank Coach. you very much. Nice talking to you. Thanks. Bye. So first thing we want to talk about with the Helsinki Roosters is biggest changes that they have going into the season. Obviously, a lot of teams have different changes, but this Roosters team is is very consistent on carrying over the same roster, the same coaches, but they mix it up a little bit this year. So Q, what are one of the things you think are, are a big change for them? Um, I think one of the biggest changes is no imports. Um, like Coach said, they're going national. Um, I think this is something that they've been wanting to try. Um, for a few years now and actually have the opportunity to do it. To be able to see the Roosters without imports, I don't think it'll be a major difference for them. Um, For the simple fact that the strength of their team is their unity as far as their local players. They've played together so long. And even when an import comes in, it's easy for an import to adjust and adapt to what's going on in that Roosters locker room and on the field. The Roosters will continue to still go hard. They're motivated. They want to win every year. Um, the coaching staff obviously preaches that. Um, so I think seeing them uh, without imports would be pretty interesting. Just for the simple fact of I want to see those guys who may have been teetering a little bit on that, you know, playmaker, consistent playmaker every game, you know, level. And now they actually have to have that. I mean, also, obviously, a defense can play um, as a whole. Offense can play as a whole. But there are going to be players that, are expected to make those plays that sometimes the imports make. It'll be interesting to see, but I think that's the biggest change is just no imports. I mean, this is the perfect time for them to try that. And the confidence is there, um, which is another thing, too. They can actually go into these games feeling um, like they're going to win. Um, They have enough. And there's no better feeling, I think, with any football team when you know, hey, we have enough to compete with anybody that we play. And I think that's a great feeling to have. So, the biggest change um, would obviously be no imports, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, one thing that I think is going to be a big change also is the the shortened season. And I know, obviously, that's a change for everybody. But for the Roosters, what we've seen in the past is the Roosters are one of those teams that they don't have major injuries to their, like, best players. And a lot of that has to do with the way that they approach the season. They're off-season, they're immaculate when it comes to, you know, training and staying in shape or what's it called, I guess, like healthy training, whatever they do. They don't get hurt in the off-season. You don't hear a lot a lot about off-season injuries. And during the season, you also don't have injuries. A lot of that has to do with the way that they approach the season. You usually see two halves or a slow progression. Even last season, the – the Roosters team that played internationally and then played at the beginning of the, the Maple League season, that team wouldn't have won the Maple Bowl. We all could agree on that. But that's not the team you got in the Maple Bowl. You got a more polished, more healthy team in the Maple Bowl that won the championship. And they've been known to do that is, you know, see the season in parts and play it to their strengths. With a short five-week season, I'm interested to know 
will they say, okay, well, we've got to give it our best all five weeks so that we can have home field advantage in the playoffs and then play in the championship? Or are they going to say, you know, we're going to pick our, our games in which we want to go all out. And then the other games, if we need to rest people or do a certain type of substitution, we will, and we're confident that we can still win. I think in the past, they were able to look at the, look at the schedule and say, okay, at this time of the year, we can do this, we can do that, and we can formulate a full plan. This year, I don't think they have that luxury. There's five weeks. That's it. You can't really have a game that you don't play as good as you should. You can't afford to lose one game. I mean, technically you can, but they're the roosters. So, you know, you don't want to lose one game and then only win four because then people will be like, well, you lost 20% of the games because they're only five. That's just why I think it's a, a big change for them is this is going to – I think we're going to see a Roosters team that doesn't leave anything on the field. And that's that's not really something we've seen from the Roosters every season. And this is a, a perfect season for them to go out there with their completely finished talent and say, we're the best team in the league. So I really expect – I think that's going to be something different about this team for sure. Any, anything else you think is going to be like a big change for them this year? Nothing that's that's just alarming right now. Yeah. Um, like you said, a lot of the players are carrying over. Uh, one thing Coach Kale uh, mentioned was uh, him having uh, in his in the secondary, you know, natural safeties um, that are going to be playing. So I think uh, the the the, call, the play calling um, on defense will obviously um, involve a lot of DBs and. Uh, previous they've been pretty much being able to use at least two linebackers sometimes three um so i won't really say that it would it would be a change i think we'll just see more dbs on that defense than, than normal um and everybody else is is gearing up to be able to beat the roosters defense so a lot of these teams are signing receivers they're signing running backs so um the biggest change is we'll see how they match up and, and how coach you know they call the plays against those offenses yeah, and that even even kind of goes to what you said about them playing without imports. How they match up will be different this season because of that. Normally, they were able to get imports in certain positions, and they can match up with those imports. Now they're matching up with their finished talent, and we're going to see, like you said, if they're real playmakers or not. It's exciting, man. It's, just, it's hard to, like, mm-hmm. see the negatives about their changes. Like, it's just – A lot of these changes are interesting and going to be definitely good for the Maple League this year. So next, we're going to have another interview. We're going to talk with the new receiver for the Helsinki Roosters, Johannes Jahainen. I think I'm saying his name right, but I just call him Johannes. So let's get into that right now. All right. We're here with Helsinki Roosters. Wide receiver, Johannes Yahaihanen. I don't know. Man, I'm like, I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to say Butchers. it right. <laughs> that, was, that was the best one so far. <laughs> We're here with Johannes. I'm going to call you Johannes from now on. Uh, wide yeah. receiver from Hells and Jerusalem. Welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me. Hop right into it, man. I'm asking you the question that, you know, we all want to know, first of all, is uh, what – what made you decide to play for the Roosters this year? Give us all the facts, all the information. Uh, well, basically, I know there's been uh, probably some people thinking, you know, if you can't you can beat them, join them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, it's a semi-pro league, and my life situation, you know, brought me uh, closer to the capital region. So I, I just thought that was the only, only choice for me at the moment. Hey, now that makes sense, and people yep. need to pay attention. Find out the goddamn facts. That's why we asked you, because I figured that you probably moved to the area. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah, just desert your team to go play for the Roosters. No offense, Roosters. You know, we love you guys. What did you have to ask him, Q? We move on. Being okay, being that you changed uh, teams and went to the Roosters. What kind? What are your expectations for yourself um, as far as playing a role on this team? I would like to be an impact player. You know. Uh, I think I bring uh, a lot of uh, speed to the offense, and uh, well, at least at the practice, I've noticed that they have uh, designed some stuff that uh, they want to use me. So I hope to uh, live live to all the expectations that they have for me. 
Gotcha. That, that actually fits with what I was going to ask you about how are you fitting into the Roosters offense? Do you feel like it's a good fit for you and your skill set? And are they? Yeah, capable? yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Uh, there's uh, actually there's some uh, somewhat, uh, I would say, it's somewhat same as Kuopio uh, had, mm-hmm. the offense, I mean. And then there's a couple of new additions that uh, we didn't have in Guapio, and I think it's a pretty good fit for me. Who influenced you to play American football? Uh, it was actually a friend of mine uh, when I was like in high school, I think. He he just asked me, uh, "Do I want to come to the practice?" Because I've been playing like uh, football, I mean like soccer for a long time, and the, I have the uh, real football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, some some might say, but <laughs> <laughs> real football for me is right now it's American football. There you go. Uh, but yeah, I, I I didn't actually do any sports for like two years, and then a friend of mine just asked me, "Hey, do I want to come and try out uh, this American football?" Because they had a team in my town back in uh, La Peranta. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played uh, Maple League too, but I didn't I I didn't play in the Maple League team. Then they had some financial troubles and. Uh, the whole team went bankrupt. They so, had a lot of problems out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, when I started playing, we played uh, second division in La Peranta and just fell in love with the sport, the tactical aspect, the physicality, all that, you know, just have been playing ever since. Shout out to uh, La Peranta, uh, Razorbacks. That's the new team. They started to yeah. back up yeah. a couple of years ago. So hopefully they get their shit together this time. Shout out to, uh, I think, Joel Soyinen, I think is his name. Yeah, Joel Soyinen. Joel Soyinen. I was close, damn it. Y'all know what I was talking about. <laughs> I was yeah. close, but shout out to you guys because they're doing good things out there in Lapinon. I spent a little time out there a few years ago myself. All right, last thing I was going to ask you, Johannes, was you're you're in the Helsinki area now, right? Yeah. Move towards the Helsinki area. How are you liking the the summer there this year compared to your normal summers in Kuopio? It's pretty good, actually. The town that I live in, Hamelina, is uh, it's a bit smaller than Kuopio. You live about. in Hamelina? I know. Yeah, yeah. I live in Lati, yeah. man. I'm about an hour. I'm out right outside Hamelina. Yeah, yeah. It's close. It's like a forty minute drive from here. Yeah, yeah. It's close. But yeah, I like I like the city. It's uh. It's a good place to live in because it's it's got so uh, good connections to all the big cities, Tampere, mm-hmm. Helsinki, Lahti. So everything is like an hour away. So if I wanna go somewhere and have the bigger city vibe, you know, I can just go to any of those cities. Q, you had anything else for Johannes? Yeah, I got one last question. One last question. Who's prettier, Hero <laughs> or Seth Peters? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh damn i gotta yeah, answer I, it right i, I gotta i gotta give this one to seth just because he's younger <laughs> but miro miro's got that old man charm you know what i mean yeah yeah he got the smooth guy charm okay <laughs> all right yeah that's it now <laughs> all right we appreciate you johannes get on up out of here enjoy your weekend man and we'll see you out there good luck to you and the helsinki roosters this season Hey, All right, so that's our interview with Johannes, the new receiver for the Helsinki Roosters in 2020. Uh, let's get into some obstacles against the Roosters this season. What are some things that you think are going to be in the way of them getting their ninth championship or reaching cloud nine this year? Right now is just the, the time. Um, they have to come into this season polished or somewhat polished, um, you don't have enough time to uh, figure your identity out um, within just five games. So uh, one of the obstacles will be is just getting that chemistry fast, uh, which shouldn't be hard for them because, like I said, a lot of these guys have been playing together for a while. Um, but just the added players, they'll have to 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 hurry up and, and, and find their place in this team. Um, you don't get that option of having a bad game or two. Um, because that can mean your placement in, 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 in the playoffs. And that's the difference between winning and losing a game. So one of the obstacles will just be being prepared um, mentally and physically coming into this season with it being a short, a short season. That, that's, that's one obstacle anyway that's, that's noticeable to me. I'm, I'm going to uh, go out here and make some, some bold 
accusations. I, I'm going to say yeah. Corpio Steelers. You know, I, 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 I said it, and I and I mean it. I'm, I mean, obviously, for the entertainment value, that's great. But I, but I mean it. The the Steelers, they're the team that first of all, we're not going to forget about what happened in the first game last year. So round two, like they came in, bust the roosters in the mouth, and had the whole league on notice. And obviously, the length of the season kind of hurt them. For them, they don't have that issue this year. It's a short season, and they have a lot of travel games. But for the Roosters, this is a team that is is built to beat you. They've built their team around how can we play similar to the Roosters enough that we can actually beat them on the field. And they they showed weaknesses of what the Roosters' defense and offense shortcomings were last season. Now, this offseason, that team is – they got loaded up. Everybody knows it. It's the first time they've had – what I think we talked to Peck and he said that 15 new players. So the Roosters have to go into this first week, play a team with 15 new players, probably a different defensive scheme because they change it like underwear out there. And you can't afford to say, oh, well, they beat us week one. Oh, well, because it, it's not the same situation of, well, we'll mm-hmm. get them back and then, you know, play them. In a, no, this is it. Like we said before, every week is playoffs. The Corpio Steelers are the most – prime team the rest of these teams there's way too many moving parts there's a lot going on they might they might not but the Steelers they have one target and it's this big red bird called the Helsinki Roosters and that's what they're going for so that's the biggest obstacle in my opinion only because they're a team that is actually primed to do it right away that week one matchup Mm -hmm. is when anything can happen and if they Mm -hmm. do it right away that's momentum that might be the difference between a four and one, five and zero season for either one of these teams. So the Steelers are my obstacle for the Roosters this year. Mm. Going into the okay. Season. Yeah, I said it. Okay. I meant yeah. to do it. I'm with it. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing <laughs> red and black. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, anything else you think is an obstacle for this team? I mean, there's just really not a lot in general. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really not a lot. I mean, being the front runners, obviously the favorites. Um, it's not a lot of obstacles besides just being themselves, um, yeah. you know what I mean, which is, is not an obstacle. Um, it's just a, a matter of, like you said, uh, I will say offensively, it's the turnover margin hmm. is going to be very, very important this year. Teams that turn the ball over a lot will probably lessen their chance to win the game, even, you know, 60%, 70%, um, because you just it's, – it's like you said, it's a shortened season. You don't have the ability – like these games are going to be so intense that uh, uh, the team that fumbles the ball two times in a game or three times in a game, like, you're probably going to lose the game if you do that. Um, and that's going to, like, make the difference of, like you said, a four or five game, you know, win season. And um, I think, like you said, the Roosters' biggest obstacle, just to add on to the, the, the Corpio thing, like right now, Corpio is is making a lot of moves to prepare for this season. Um, it's It's – it's hard to say that they're preparing for the Roosters, but we all know outside <laughs> of the football world, yeah. we all know outside of the football world who they want to see this year. Um, and like you said, last year, them beating them the first game had everybody, you know, in, in, in awe. And then we get down to the end of the season and some injuries and the quarterback, you know, hurt. It was just like, oh, man, like what happened to that first team that we've seen, you know, yeah. play? So now uh, with five games, it's, it's all in the air now. It's up now. Like, so it's, it's just one of those I, – I can't wait till the season starts just to see how teams will adjust to playing each other after just one game. Just talking in general here, it's going to be crazy to see. Like, like we, we've been talking about, you know, how teams start and how they finish. Five weeks, basically six weeks from start to finish in, in your first round of the playoffs, that's just really not a lot of time for teams to change. And we've seen teams go into midsummer and come out with a brand new roster. Crocodiles, mm-hmm. Royals, talking to y'all up north. Um, so <laughs> this year, that's not really a possibility. Uh, they did change the rules where to be eligible for playoffs, players only have to play one game. So that could have some implications going down the road. But again, this beginning of the season is the season. They're, I mean, there might be some differences in week one and week five for teams that's seen enough film, 
But in all reality, like you said, every series, every turnover is going to be so important that every game is, a, is, you know, playoff football, which means in that week one, if you don't come with it, you're already behind the eight ball. And you're probably not mm-hmm. going to catch back up. You got to come with it right then. If you lose, it better be because of one turnover. You know, it better not be because you had six turnovers, you had a delay of game, your team wasn't ready for this match. Like, it better be something that you can change from week to week. If you don't come with it in week one, that might be the season for you this year. So that's just really exciting. And we keep saying this because it's so true is that this is going to be a really exciting season in general. Yeah, so moving on, uh, next we're going to talk to defensive back turned defensive coach Nico Quica from Helsinki Roosters. Uh, we call him Nico Quick on the show, so let's get into that. All right, we're here with Nico Quica, aka Nico Quick from Helsinki Roosters, uh, coaching staff now. What's going on, Nico? All good, all good. Trying to enjoy the summer in Finland. Right? <laughs> First, yeah. hey, I, this is my, f- what, what, 16, 17, 18, 19. This is my fifth summer. And boy, I tell you, it's a good one. It's I a started one. well. It started well. It's still good to get some nice weather here. Yeah, a lot of sun, too. But, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll jump into the interview, man. Uh, first question, I'm going to ask you the first one because it's the, the important one. Uh, you're, you're not going to be playing this season. You're going to be coaching. So probably, the question, yeah. yeah. Oh, probably. Okay. All right. Never know. You never know. You don't want to rule it out. Ah, know? that's what I'm talking about. Um, we know that you, you probably had you had like an injury situation. We won't talk about that. But with you kind of having to take on more of a, a coaching role this season, how has like that transition been? You know, you can't really get out there all the time to do the drills and stuff. And now you're kind of yeah. helping in the coaching staff. How's that transition been for you so far? Well, it's it sucks to be not not to be able to join the practice as a player and do the drills and well be with the guys more. It's a little bit different, but I like it. First time was was like last year when I was with the U19 national team and I had the first taste of being a coach. Uh, well, it's definitely different still because Becca, our DP coach, is doing all the drills and all the all the scheduling and all the thinking the plays through and I'm just here for the second eyes and trying to give to the players and to the younger ones what what I can and what I have to offer. Yeah, so you're thinking maybe you get into more coaching in the future now? Because you I saw you last summer with the U nineteen, like you said, and now you're kinda of learning from Pekka how yeah. to coach the D B position. You think maybe in the future you could see yourself coaching a little bit more? Maybe, maybe, yeah. I'm, I'm actually now coaching to, um, U15 and U17 teams in the Roosters organization too for this upcoming summer. So I get some experience from there too. But yeah, Pekka has been great. He's been teaching me a lot and I get, I'm trying to suck the information and all the things and the mindset he brings because he's a different kind of DP coach that that has, that I have seen in, in Finland before. See, now, I got, I'm going to stop the whole interview right here. And if you're listening <laughs> or you're watching, this is what I'm talking about. This is how you, how you build an organization. You got a, a great player who's getting introduced to coaching from another great player who is introduced into the coaching system. Pekka was yeah. an awesome DB. Oh, yeah. He became an awesome coach. Yes. Um, you're an awesome DB. You're going to be an awesome coach. I could I, I could name a lot of names. I won't name a lot of names because we're, we're short on time. But this is how football grows is you, you redevelop and, and you reinvigorate into the programs. And it's just really good to hear that that's what you're doing and that we can look forward to that in the future. There's 15-year-old kids who in four or five years – we're going to be talking about them on the Maple League on this podcast because we're going to still be doing this in four or five years. And they're going to be talking about you. We're like, yeah, we were talking to him when he first started coaching you kids. I don't know. It's all crazy. It's a big circle of life, man. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I like it, too. I like Dude, it, too. My question is, um, being that you guys are going to go uh, national this year as far as no imports, 
Um, do you think it'll be a difference um, as far as the the playmaking on the defense side of the ball? Well, of course, because I've been thinking it through. Because every time we bring an American guy, well, in the skill position, playing a like last year we brought Montes to play corner. Well, of course he's a playmaker. He's uh he has the ability to make big plays out of well poor situations. But uh, I still think it's great challenge for us as a team and as a players to get get the. Just to be a national, all every every player is a national player. So, in my opinion, I would love it. Cause like last year, the first half of the year we played all national team. Oh well, we had Cam King come in and mid season, and then Monty played like three games, maybe four. Mm-hmm. When we did it last year, why else we can't do it this year? That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. And uh, my, my other question was, um, as far as you maybe or maybe not be playing, but everybody knows you're one of the best tacklers, uh, obviously one of the most aggressive DBs um, in the league, too. You can play linebacker and everything. Uh, if you don't end up playing, um, how do you see you guys replacing that, you know, your presence on the field? That's a tough question. And, well, every player is a different player, you know, you know. Nobody can be me, but I think people can bring their own stuff to the table. Like we have young guys like Artu, and we have Valle and Ben, and then we have Vilsu at the strong strong position, and we have those three guys. Basically, they can all play the free safety position that I've been playing before. But they all everybody has their own thing that they can bring to the table. Like Artu is a young, fast kid. And still learning and still developing. And Valla, he has great like physique and great mindset. And he's also a great tackler. And Ben, he, he's probably like the most like me. He likes to tackle. He likes to hit hard and likes to come down to the box. Like everybody has has a different different set. And probably uh, we will play it a little dri- different too. Like mm. the coaches see I'm on the field. We can do this stuff. It won't bring me back, like closer to the box, and maybe with some other guys, we won't do it as much as we did it with me. But I heard you. Um, you said R two. What what R two are you speaking? R two Bayarinen. R two Bayarinen. Oh yeah. Kid. Okay. Okay. Young yeah. Bayarinen. Okay. I'm just kind yeah, of trying to figure out the kid's name. I, I know which one yeah. that is. He's good. He was what, yeah. number twenty nine oh, yeah. or something last year. Twenty nine and twenty seven. Can't remember. Some, yes. Like. Something like that. Mm. He's damn, number. Yeah, number. damn good uh, DB though. Yeah, he's, he's gonna be great. Gonna be last great. thing I w- last thing I wanted to ask you, um, and damn it, now that you said you've been enjoying the summer, you probably you you're probably one of those outside people too, huh? Aren't you? <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Have, have you have you been on the Netflix this summer, man? Of course. Hey. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> I, I check the Netflix every day to see what's what's popping. Uh, I love the top ten list. What's your favorite Netflix movie this summer, man? That's what I want to know. Netflix movie or, or show, oh. whatever. Netflix in general. What's your favorite, or are your couple uh, of your favorites from this summer? Actually, I just uh, downloaded the Prime Video. You know, it, now I've been I, watching the re remakes or the re uh, airing of the Two and a Half Men. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy that, show. That's it's a classic, fun. though. Oh, it is. Fun, yeah. Wow. But I've I've had a lot of time since I had the Achilles injury. I've had a lot of time to watch some old old series and some new ones and movies and all that that's all i got for you man we appreciate we appreciate you coming on the podcast as usual wish you you, wish you and the helsinki roosters best of luck this season uh hopefully you can get out there and if not you just get a little bit more experience with the coaching either way you're gonna be great man thank you thank you and thank you for the possibility to come in All right, that was our interview with Nico Quicka from Helsinki Roosters. Let's get into what the Roosters need to be successful. Q, what are a few things you think are keys to success for this team? Um, I think 
key success for the Roosters is just for them to find their identity fast um, when the season starts. Um, be able to score points um, just as well as they did in the last in the previous seasons. Um, getting Miro um, comfortable in the pocket, um, making those throws that he normally makes. Um, just being able to get that momentum going every game. If the Roosters can get that momentum going early and often in these games, um, they'll continue to be the dominant team they have been over the last year. Um, other than that, I, I can also say uh, key to success would be uh, just unity um, as far as their team. Um, no matter where you're at on that Roosters team, your job, you, you're supposed to do your job. So as long as everybody comes out and know that, hey, I'm, here, I'm holding you accountable to do your job, you're holding me accountable to do mine, and um, they'll go out there and they'll be that top team that everybody's used to seeing. Other than that, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the normal football rules. You know, go out, win, protect the ball, tackle, hit. And the Roosters are a basic team when it comes to that. That's exactly what they preach. You don't have to make – you don't have to yell at them. You don't have to make them run after the ball. You don't have to – certain things that you just don't have to do with them. So as long as the Roosters keep their identity of being Roosters, um, they'll have success no matter what. Key to success, do what the Roosters do. Or, or hold yeah. up, we go Bill Belichick with it. Do your job, right? Yeah. It's kind yeah. Of, that's, Santu is real big on that, too. Uh, Santu arrived and then, damn it, did I say his name, his name right? Santu, you know who you are, man. Do your job. Yeah. So, uh, for me, just a, a little bit different on keys to success. I think for this Roosters team, a dominant defense is going to be one of the keys that they, they need to do. Like we said, the team is going to be without imports, and that has its drawbacks, but they have the finished talent to play well on both sides of the ball. But we've seen their team, even defensively, in the, in the last few years, they don't use a lot of imports on defense. And they've been able to play against offense loaded, loaded with imports and been successful, obviously. And they've been – and I want to say, and I could be wrong about this, and if you want to fact check me, you know, send me an email at perfectpurvis at gmail.com. The last three seasons, they've had the best defense, the number one defense. And they've been top in yards, totals, points per game, everything. And the, even the last two seasons, they've normally held teams to less than 20 points a game, which if you play defense, you know, anything less than 20, coach, we expect to win. And that's what the Roosters have to do this year is not get caught up into that, okay, we want to play offense with these teams, go back and forth, back and forth. Like we've seen teams do before. I'm not going to call them out on this show, but they know who they are. And they're just like, well, we can outscore anybody, so that's what we're going to do. I think for the Roosters' defense to be dominant, they'll be able to set the tone in these games and give their offense the time it needs to jail. One thing that – if you know anything about football is defense. And I say this with the utmost respect to all you defensive players, defense is easy. The, <laughs> defense is easy. And when I say that, I mean that defense, your job is to create chaos. Your job is to make the offense do their job. The offense, you have to execute. Offense has to be, they have to get the 10 yards. Defense, all I have to do is make sure that he don't get it. If they throw a pass, we just have to either attack the receiver or the ball or the defender. We, we can do that in multiple ways. Once you run a route, you have to run that route. You can't change the route in the middle and hope that the, the quarterback knows what's going on. The offense has to execute. The defense just has to mess up that execution. If their defense messes up the execution of their opponents, which they've shown they can do, their offense can have time to jail because the offense is going to – I don't care what they say about what we've been practicing in the offseason. Uh, we know we have these guys. This is not the team to play last year. They haven't played in game situations. These receivers haven't been forced into this level of importance at these positions. And so they have to learn how they're going to play as an offense. And for them to do this, that is going to take time. And we don't want that time to be spent turning the ball over, like you said, because that could be the difference between a win and a loss. But if that is done, this defense has to be dominant enough that, hey, if you turn it over on offense, that's okay. They're not scoring. We're not letting it happen. It's not going to happen. Try again, you know. We're going to help you so that by the time we do get to week four, week five, it's all systems go, and now it's all about having fun. That's one thing I think is going to be the key to making them successful is a dominant defense, not a good defense, 
dominant defense. Dominant. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good defense in, in Finland gives up 25, 30 points. It is what it is. Again, yeah, you're right. You can fact check me, but most yeah. teams giving up 25, almost 30 points every year in the Maple League, besides the Roosters. And that's what I need them to do this year is make sure they continue that dominance, even if they don't have one import on defense or two imports mm-hmm. on defense. All right, so next up, we're going to have an interview with that, the new old head coach for the LCU Roosters, Yuha <laughs> Hakala. Uh, he's going to be the coach for this next season after a brief, uh, what is it, intermission <laughs> or hiatus? Or Yeah, he like, to take, he like to take every other year off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and if, if you're listening and watching, as you get older, you'll understand why he does that. You got to take some time sometimes. <laughs> so uh, let's talk to Yuha right now. All right, we're here with Helsinki Roosters head coach, Yuha Hakula. Welcome back to the show, Yuha. Thank you, thank you. Glad to be here. All right, man, we're going to get right into it because you're a regular on the show anyway. So right into the questions. Q, hit them with that first one. All right, the first question is something me and Purvis were talking about earlier. Uh, each year, your team has a slogan as far as, you know, winning the championship. Um, you had seven up. Uh, last year, I don't remember what, what it was for last year, but what's what's the slogan for this year going into the season? We have been lazy this year, to be honest. There's no yeah. slogan. <laughs> oh, we lazy. We I got, let me pitch my slogan. Let me pitch my slogan. I'm saying roosters on cloud nine. You know, like nine, mm. cloud nine. It's, mm. it, it's hard to work with nine. So I was thinking. Yeah. Nine, you can say, I said nine is fine. Ah, that's a good yeah. one, too. Nine I don't know, but nine, yeah. nine is fine. It kind of sounds that we might stop there. <laughs> True. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Look, so so I guess this is what we're saying. Roosters, think on it. Let's come up with a slogan. We need yeah. something, something exciting. Yeah, we have to do some homework. Yeah. yeah, we have to do some homework for sure. Definitely. My question for you, Coach, is obviously winning is a great thing, and you, the Roosters, have done that a lot. So what is the team's motivation for winning another one? Well, How do you motivate year, the guys? Yeah, every, every year is a different one. And we always have a bunch of players who have not won it. So we always come to the grind. And since, you know, we don't have to be, we don't want to be anything worse than the last year was. We always want to improve and get better. So I think the culture of commitment and hard working is just something that we have been able to continue and stick with it. And, I don't see us lowering the bar of our expectations. So it kind of comes natural to the guys. It's a culture and tradition thing from my point of view. Obviously, a lot of people want to play for the Roosters uh, locally and international players, uh, American players. What's the what's the one thing that you kind of look for um, when you're thinking about signing imports or just signing local players, uh, period? Basically, we want guys who wants to play for us and uh, don't don't come here for selfish reasons in that sense that they just want to put their stats up or get film or anything like this. We look for guys who want to develop themselves, want to get better and want to help the team. So we want guys who can build on the team, not just be on the team. All right, coach, question question I had for you is, um, obviously you guys are going into this season with the all finished team and a lot of other teams are going other routes, I'll say that. But my, my question for you is, are the Roosters 100% committed to not bringing in any foreign players if there aren't any, like, injuries or anything during the season? Are you guys well, 100% not, in not, on that? Yeah, nothing is written in stone. <laughs> uh, like you have seen every year, all teams, they love up their roster throughout the season. We don't know what we're going to look like in a month or two months. We don't know who's going down and what's going to happen. So... Yeah, we are going into the season with the roster that we have with no imports, except for one Scottish guy who lives in Finland, but still. We are confident with the roster that we have at the moment, and if it needs to be fixed or it needs to be filled up, we might do it, but never say never. My last question is, uh, obviously, before every season, um, each team evaluates uh, what, what players to bring in, what do they need to change, uh, improve on. Um, being that you guys have won the last few years, the last years, 
what's what's some of the things that you know when you guys meet on the off season uh going into the season what are some of the things that you naturally want to work on as far as your team getting better well basically first things first first we have to put together the team <laughs> to be able to start with in that sense and i think most of the work during the off season ties up to that that we first want to see what guys we're going to have before we start developing anything because we want to put our guys in places where they can excel and if we don't have the guys obviously we cannot build the system around the guys so first things first we have to get the guys and i think if you look at our off season and we have been getting few additions to our offense few additions to our defense on on such points where we're actually lacking like playmakers so especially on receivers we see a good bunch of people with great speed that if we take few guys away from last season that we needed to get in so I think we managed well of recruiting during the offseason. Well, that was quick. That's all we have for you, Coach. You, just, you got these perfect answers. You be ready. You, you got to go ahead, Coach. Answers. That's those head coach <laughs> answers right there. <laughs> true, true professional right here. You all, we appreciate you coming on the podcast again. Good luck to you and the Roosters in this season. And that's pretty much it for us, man. Yeah, Good thank luck, you, coach. guys. It's always nice to chat with you guys. All right. Take it easy, Coach. Yeah, take care, buddy. Bye. All right, so that was Yuha Hakula telling us about how the Roosters are going to prepare for this season. Let's get into some MVP candidates. A lot of talent in Maple League. Roosters have a lot of that talent in the Maple League. So let's throw out a couple of names of guys we think might be MVP candidates going into this season. And Q, I'll let you go first. Oh, I'm going to start with my boy, um, Rainey. MVP candidate uh, and winner, uh, Miro Cadmary. Um, yeah. every, obviously, everybody is expecting him to play uh, somewhat like he played last year. So, um, five games, if he if he does what he did last year or even anything close, and they get back to the championship, I think it's hands down that he wins um, a second MVP. Um, so, for me, uh, I think it is possible for him. Um, you just never know what you're going to get from Miro, and that's kind of a good thing, too. The confidence, the humble uh, personality that he has, but his competitive nature, um, you throw all that together in a season like this, then you could possibly have another great season for Miro. So my candidate, my first candidate would obviously be Miro. If I could choose a, a defensive candidate, a healthy Oko five games, uh, anywhere from 10 to 15 sacks, I think that's MVP worthy from him. Um, obviously, would not, if Edu was still playing, I probably would have threw Edu in there instead of Oko. Um, but being that Edu's not playing, uh, I'm going to say Oko as far as the defensive uh, candidate. Yeah, I agree with you, too. And I, it's hard with the Roosters because everybody knows how it goes. To be an MVP, you have to be the best on your team as well as the best in the league. And with the Roosters – it's hard to be the best on this team. There's a lot of really good players. I mean, if you looked at our top 25 ratings, uh, rankings, Miro, he won the MVP for us last year, and we had him ranked as, I want to say, like the third or fourth best person fourth on this, team, on this yeah. team. So it's really hard to say who's really the most valuable because you got someone like Miro, he's going to be the quarterback. His position makes him almost more valuable than anybody else on that team. And now you got a team that's not going to have imports to make most of those plays. So the, the wealth, I, I call it the wealth of production is going to be spread out on this team on both sides of the ball. Like we, we talked to Coach Kale earlier, they have so many defensive backs out there. Those guys are all going to be great. But to say MVP, it's got to be somebody I think you can live, you, know, you can't live without. So – I mean, obviously, Miro's the choice, in my opinion. I mean, that's probably yeah, the, the biggest best. choice. Yeah. <laughs> so the biggest. And you said Oko, and I, I agree with that, too. If, if he dominates, he has to dominate this year. And I think in five games, that's something he's capable of doing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put an outlier out there that I, I would just like to see this happen. This is kind of storybook for me. I think Johannes Jahainen, uh, the, the new mm. recruit from Quopio, I think – this guy's – his game is ready for this. Um, to do a comparison, there was a time a few years ago that people thought, you know, and actually I was one of those believers who thought that, you know, Miko Seppinen was ready to be the best receiver in the league type situation. And Johannes, he was in Quopio. 
him and Tino always considered a package deal. And we talked about it last year. He was the better of the two. He was the guy that when he got the ball, it was a big play because he didn't get the ball that much. When he comes here to the Roosters, he's playing with a lot of receivers that don't have experience. Like the Roosters receiving core, it's not Maple League experience in the point of they're used to being the guy. Alexander Watson, Jeff, I think he's going to do his thing. I still think he's going to be one of the top receivers. But there's that it factor that you got to have. Johannes has it. He has it, and he has a ton of it. And I think he's going to be someone that we can we can consider similar to the Adam Connett role that they had the last two seasons. And when I say that, I mean more of the if you feed him, great things will happen. If they feed mm-hmm. Johannes, I see him – well, we can't compare it to last year because what Miro threw for 50, and I could say Johannes would have had 20 of those. So this year, let's just say hypothetically, Miro throws for 20, 25. Yeah, I'm putting that out there. Maybe five a touchdown. Johannes come down with 10 to 12 touchdown catches this year. Mm. Maybe even more. But I'm, I'm saying he catch 10 of those things, and he don't catch 10 of them in the end zone. He catch 10 of them. He worked for his yards and didn't get an end zone. He got to get his consideration because yeah. on this team, Miro's going to find the hot hand and stick with him because Miro's no dummy. I tell you, you could, that should be an advertisement. Miro's no dummy, okay? <laughs> he's going to find the hot hand, and Johannes, he's going to be the hot hand. And the good thing about him is he can play inside, he can play outside, and he's battle-tested against – import defenders he's shown us and i'm gonna obviously i'm gonna keep going back to last year when he played against the wolverines there was one game where he was completely shut down by tj at corner and then when they played him in the playoffs and he got to see tj again he let loose he learned from it and and that's something that you can count on going into this season is that he's gonna be better than he was at the end of last season what i've seen this kid do in the five years i've been here is get better every year I can't say that about a lot of players in the Maple League, but I can honestly say Johannes Johannes, and it's, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your last name, man. Johannes will be better this year, and he deserves to be an MVP candidate. So don't make me have to eat my words, man. Get out there and ball. Ball. Ooh. I think he's going to be number 88 this year, too. So that's interesting. An actual Ooh, receiver different. number. Let me just put this out here, too, because we, you know, we got to keep it real on the show, you know. Tino number 88 in Quopio, he number 88 here. I mean, is that a little – is there going to be a rivalry? I mean, should we find out who people think is better? I, I, won't, I won't say too much about it, all right? We'll, we'll let that go. So that's the MVP candidates. So that's it for this episode of American Football in Finland. Hope it was worth the listen and the watch. Any word before we go, Q? Uh, just good luck to the Roosters. Um, we definitely will be watching. Definitely will be watching. So if you enjoy the show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate us five stars as well. Anything less tells us you are a hater. You can follow us on the gram and on Facebook at American Football in Finland. Until next time. T-I-F. We got and you know this. <laughs> yeah. American football in Finland.